Following Christ with us is an invitation for women of all ages and in every stage of life to grab their Bibles and a cup of coffee and join us, me, Lee Wren, my friend Shirley Crowder, as we discuss what the Bible says about a variety of topics. That's more. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to um, our podcast, Following Christ with Us. I'm Lee, and I'm here with my friend Shirley. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Lee. Thanks. Great. Um, We are continuing our discussion on our book, Killing Sin Habits. I hope this has enlightened you and helped you and in just many ways. I know even though we've been Christians a long time in our lives. You can always still learn. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And it's particularly where sin's concerned. Oh, yes. Yes. And uh, oh, how I wish I could tell you I've lived that. <laughs> but unfortunately, I cannot. I know we are learning along with you. Um, so thanks for being here. And I would like to ask Shirley to open us up in prayer, please. Okay, let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you as always for your love and your much care over us. And as we uh, delve into the continuation of this subject of killing sin habits. I pray that you would give Lee and me wisdom and discernment, and Father, that um, we would be open to the prompting and leading of your spirit in what we say. Father, we pray that those listening, uh, that the things that they're hearing would, um, through the work of the Holy Spirit, be working in their hearts, and Father, that they would, um, they too may be convicted of sin and their need to confess and repent of sin. Oh, Father, they may uh, learn something that will help them as they walk and try to uh, just put off the sin that besets us and that we invite into our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, later today we're going to read from Romans 6, 5 to 14 from the New American Standard Bible. And I'm going to read it instead of from Scripture, all the verses. I'm going to read the little bit of the abbreviated version of those verses that are at the beginning of this chapter with this chapter is entitled, Something is Missing. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you should obey its lusts. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Ooh, thank God for that. Mm, That's heavy. (laughs) Man, but, could you imagine having to be under the law? No, of grace. No, uh-uh. no. I cannot imagine having to follow every letter of that law. Those poor people. Right. But um, the I mean, the whole verse, of course, is amazing. But slaves to sin. That's it. That's we right. become that. Mm-hmm. You know, it starts to master us instead of us through God mastering it. Right. You know. Um, would you like me to go ahead and read our little? Part of our mm-hmm. story from the book. Well, the, the, the book gives us a little introduction that I think is a very good one. So instead of us, one of us trying to 
tell it and not miss something important. Lee's just going to read it for you. Yeah, it's, it's really short. Um, our son is an excellent car mechanic. Often he has to troubleshoot for answers when a car is brought into the shop, looking beyond the obvious damage or malfunction to determine the root cause of the problem. Sometimes all the work and repair in the world will amount to little without the realization that something crucial is missing, the oil. Mm. <laughs> the creator of the engine designed it to require oil to keep it running smoothly. Mm. So, I mean, our oil, you know, is the word of God. Right. And our prayer life, mm -hmm. you know, that car needed it, right. you know, to run our correctly. Has designed us to need the yes. word in our fellowship with Christ. Um, like this chapter we're talking about, the things that we repeat, the sins we repeat over and over. And um, it's interesting, they say, uh, whether you find yourself repeating over and over one of the, and in quotes, they say respectable sins, um, which is the ones that, you know, all of us do and we don't think they're so bad. <laughs> or like eat out of stress. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, or you seem caught in an endless cycle of a particularly grievous sin. Not dealing with it God's way has damaging effects on your Christian life. Yeah. And so in the same way that, that this mechanic has to find the root problem, and um, I know that people who work on my car always uh, have a fun time with me because they ask something and I say, well, the hickey your it's on the thingamajigger came off or something. You yeah. Know? So they're like, okay. Yeah. But you've got to dig down to the root. And so oftentimes, when we sin, the, there's a root. There's a reason down there. Uh, we're down deep in our hearts uh, that it's happening. And so we have to ask, what, what is missing in my life that made me go look for that's that's a question that often comes up uh, in speaking with women of any age who didn't have good relationships with their father or don't with their husband, and they're going looking for a man who will give them what they did not get from either their husband or their father. It's so sad. I was fortunate to have a wonderful dad. He went to be with the Lord four years ago. Miss him. I have a good husband. Yeah. And not everybody I know has exactly. that. Exactly. So. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I, I have a great dad too. So, um, so it's crucial that you know what God has to say about the role of the gospel in your fight against whatever the sin is. Whatever. Whatever's going on. And so killing or conquering the sin habits um, means you're going to do mortal, deadly harm to those habits in an all-out battle, all-out in the strength of Christ. They go on to talk about a word that um, I hear a lot and use a lot just because I uh, read a lot of the Puritans. Um, 
but the word is mortify. And it's uh, used in the King James Version of Scripture, of course. But one, one of the definitions of mortify is to destroy the strength, vitality, and functioning of, and in this case, we're talking about a particular sin. And uh, talks about the Greek word, and I cannot pronounce it, and I'm not going to try to. Um, Thana something. <laughs> Thana too. <laughs> Don't but know. <laughs> basically, it means put to death or kill. And so we're, we're going to mortify the sin. We're going to put an end to it. It is not, it's going to cease to exist. Um, and it, um, I mentioned the Puritans. He talks about John Owen, who's, who I love to read uh, a lot of John Owen stuff. Um, he's an old Puritan pastor. He says, He's our friend in that struggle. His books on the subject um, make a great impact, made a great impact in his day. As he carefully laid out God's principles for killing a sinner like that. Now, his language is a bit weird and hard for some people to read if you're not used to reading uh, just the, the older, old English way of printing things. But he says, John Owen never taught mortifying sin, putting it off. You've heard us talk about that in previous programs without teaching what he called vivification, vivify, vivification, putting something on. And so what that means is putting on of the truest and most altering, most changing replacements for our sin. And so you can't just kill or even control sin. You got to put it off. You've got to do deep, deep radical surgery. Yes. Cut it out, get rid of it, and then replace it with biblical thinking. Because it will come back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it will come back to bite you. Right. And and you can't, you cannot kill it without replacing it and it doesn't do any good to replace it with another sin that's one of the things that happens often that we see in relapse with people um, who who coming out of programs for addiction different types of things is they'll come out of that and they'll stop that but they'll put on something else so maybe now they're chain smoking <laughs> or whatever else it might be, you know. Yes. So they, they are using the concept to put off, right? but they're not using the right concept in putting on the things that we need, the godly things. Putting on something just as harmful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it says the most fundamental thing to activate at the right time, is the right way is your faith. So it goes on to describe the term vivify, V-I-V-I-F-Y, means to endue with life, to give life, or to quicken. It's bringing to life or making something more effective or perhaps effective in a new way. Then they go on to say, but let me be clear, it is not 
just about doing something. It's about being something. Personally embracing something from the inside out. For the glory it brings to God and the eternal kind of life it brings to us. So, there have been times that you have told um, all of us have <laughs> been around and we've told children to don't behave a certain way, to, to behave well. And we can observe them doing what we told them. Even as I say, not as I do. But it's, <laughs> you can tell it's not in the heart. And it's like the story I love to tell, um, the example I love to use of the difference in, in real obedience. And what real obedience is doesn't mean just doing what you're told. It's doing it with the right attitude. An example I use is <clears throat> actually a observed this one time at, at a friend's house with her little um, five-year-old whose room was a disaster. Toys were everywhere. And Mom, you my visitor. I was having supper with him. He was there early. And um, Mom kept saying, clean your room up. Put your toys in your, in your toy box. And he didn't. She told him again. He didn't. The next time, she Stooped down, got eyeball to eyeball with him. <laughs> I told you, clean up, put your toys in that toy box, and I meant do it now. And you could tell from her tone of voice and the look on his face that he knew that that meant he better get busy. <clears throat> and what what followed, uh, it, I had to leave. I literally had to walk outside because I was laughing so hard. And this little boy. We, we were sort of in the hallway, so he wasn't saying this, but he was like, I'm going to, you could hear him throwing those toys in. I'm going to put you in that toy box, but in my mind, you're all over the floor. Yeah. And so did he do what his mom told him? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. But was he really obedient? No. In his attitude, he wasn't. And that's what this is getting to. It's not just about what you do, the action itself, but it's the motivation for what you do. It's for what comes from your heart, the motivation. Um, and it just, I have a friend, <laughs> I have a friend who, um, when I first met her years, years ago, um, we were talking about something and I said, you know, I said something about, I have to, almost moment by moment, ask God to forgive me for something. And so my thoughts, my whatever it is. And she's like, she's kind of looking at me kind of funny, you know. I said, so what, you don't do that? <laughs> Thinking, okay, there's a problem here, you know. Well, she goes, days like that. <laughs> and she goes, well, no, I mean. Before I go to bed every night, I say, God, I know I've sinned today. Please forgive me. I mean, I do that once a day. <laughs> thinking, whew, you're not better than I am. Oh, that I could only do that today. once a day. Exactly. But it's that moment by moment realization and connection to God that we, we keep short accounts, for lack of a better way to say it, 
so that we we don't harbor unconfessed sin in our hearts. We're quick when convicted. We're quick to repent of that sin. You know? And ask and God to show it to us. Just, uh, yes, because you know what? People say, oh, I know my sin. Well, yeah, I know mine too, but I'm blinded to it too because, you know, <laughs> yeah, I know when you do it, it's a sin lead, but that's you. It's okay for me to. Uh, that's, that's right. right. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, we, we, Mine's we, not as bad. Right. So. <laughs> we, we justify because our standards, we don't, we, don't, we don't hold the holiness of God up as our standard for what we do and say. And, yeah. and uh, <laughs> trust me, you don't want me as your standard <laughs> because the standard's almost non-existent. But, excuse me, mm-hmm. I just, but too, I mean, if you ask him to reveal it to you, he will. Exactly. He will show you mm-hmm. what does not please him. Yes, yes. That's a goal, you know. Well, it is, and it's something that we we need to do often. And um, one of the uh, things that I learned a long time ago to pray, and because I, when I usually say it because I memorized it in King James first, and then other versions I don't say it right, so I'm looking it up uh, in the ESV is. Is I often pray, not not the exact verse, but the basics of the verse from Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, that's not saying, God, since you don't know me, go ahead and search to find out what you don't know. No. But that's a way of us saying to God, okay, God, just, you know, I'm wide open. Here it is. Show it to me. Show me those things that are in the deep recesses of my heart that I'm not even aware of, that are so ingrained in my thinking that I don't even realize I'm doing it, you know? And then when it says... um, See if there be any grievous way in me. Um, <laughs> you're not saying there probably isn't. You're just saying, you know, God, if there is, root it out. You know, tap me on the shoulder for some of you. <laughs> for me, it's giving me a big kick in the rear or a hit upside the head. Give me a big bat. Right. <laughs> so that I can see it and then lead me in the way everlasting help me then walk as your child help me to not do that sin again I like this um, couple of sentences here it says everything that you need to vivify is very connected to your faith in Christ so in light of that, every Christian needs to vivify killer faith. So really get with it to subdue and overcome the destructive lust cycle in their lives. So that's 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 the bottom line of it. And this this whole idea of the put off and put on will 
talked about that a little bit um, in a previous program. And because I can't remember which number, what we named it, which one it was, I'll put it in the notes here on our um, podcast. But uh, just where you can hear, if you need to, a little more about putting off and putting on and, and the way that works. Well, the good news, the good, 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 good news is that we are powerless and weak. But God is not. And he will give us what we need. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So the dwelling Holy Spirit is the one that has the power and control over us. Not Satan, not our own sinful desires. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. There's a Charles Spurgeon quote here that I absolutely love. I use it a lot. It says, if there is one darling sin, that's something that we like to do to over and over, that you would spare, Christ and your soul will never agree. So if you're just going to hang on to that, your relationship with Christ will never be what it should be. I guess if most people are honest, they like it. Oh, yeah, we love it. It's, they like their sin. We find comfort in it. We find our identity in it instead of in Christ. Right. There can be no peace between you and Christ while there is peace between you and sin. Now stop and think about that. What does it mean to have peace between you and sin? It means that you're not sensitive to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That you ignore any prompting of conviction. That you convince yourself it's not sin. That you blame it on somebody else. (laughs) You justify it very easy. Yes. But the peace that you need is between is the peace between you and God. And so we are going to stop here. And next week we will begin on chapter three of the book, Killing Sin Habits. It's a great book. And um, talk about context is everything. Mm. And uh, that, that's a long chapter. We're probably going to take two, maybe three programs on the next chapter but who knows we'll just see what happens when we start recording so thank you for being with us today and lee are you going to pray for us lord i thank you for another day lord of just allowing us to have life god and i just thank you for everyone that's listening lord and i just pray that we'll all take to heart killing our sin habits Lord, and how much they displease you, God, and that we need to strive daily to seek you in your word, Lord, and to, to work at that. I just pray that if there's anyone listening, Lord, that doesn't know you, that they will come to know you, God, and that these studies are touching their lives and their hearts in a very special and personal way. Please be with us all through the rest of this week and keep us safe, God. I pray all this in your name.